Welcome. Thanks, everyone. Uh, I'm Michelle. I'm a grateful recovering compulsive eater. I want to welcome Kelly. Very brave of you to pipe in there and say it's your first meeting. We're really glad you're here. Um, I also really wanted to say that I really appreciated um, your beginning readings and talking about tradition three, that, that particular tradition. I'm in another fellowship as well, almost five years now. And in that fellowship, when that third tradition was read, it literally brought me to tears because it was the first time that I felt like going in somewhere to get help, to seek help and to know that I needed help and to have a statement that said, nothing is required of me besides my desire to recover, just broke down all those barriers to wanting, um, to, to, to moving forward to receive that help. Um, the only requirement is a desire to stop eating compulsively. And I certainly had that when I came into the rooms. Um, and that's funny because that's one of the things that, you know, in, in the big book, and I hope you don't mind if I read some things from the big book, um, but one of the things that really struck me um, on page 18 is where they say, you know, people can talk about having an eating problem or being overweight, or I just can't help myself sometimes. But until I came online and my first OA meetings were online almost three years ago, and it was not because of the pandemic. They just happened to be a twice weekly online meeting that I found because I live out, you know, in the country. And I attended those meetings twice a week for a year before I became willing and able to work the steps in a way. As I said, I was in another program. So at that point, I was familiar with the steps. Um, but listening to other compulsive overeaters share their struggles, talk about, you know, eating old food and not wanting to eat, but eating anyway, um, binging and purging, you know, all the things, over-exercising, restricting, all the different ways that our disease manifests itself and seeing how they had recovered, it, it, I believed it, it spoke to me. The first time I opened up our 12 and 12, the Overeaters Anonymous 12 and 12 and saw myself in that introduction, uh, I knew, you know, I knew that I was home and I knew that this was gonna work. And it says on page 18, you know, in the big book that the ex-problem drinker who has found a solution is proper, properly armed with facts about himself can generally win the entire confidence of another person. So it's because of all of you being able to share honestly about yourselves, you know, and tell me the truth about what the disease had done to you and for you, because our compulsion does things for us as well. And, you know, when I'm able to look at that and say, yes, I think at times in my life, I really needed this to cope, you know, to cope with my life and to cope with my pain. However, as I learn more, I know more and I can do better and I don't need it as much. Um, but farther down in there, it says the fact that the new prospect that he is in front of a man who has a real answer, he's not holier than thou, nothing whatever is expected of him except a desire to be helpful. There are no fees to pay, no access to grind, no people to please. That's the big one, no people to please, no lectures to be endured. Um, that I have found that to be most effective and I could pick up my bed and walk again. And, you know, it had always been my um, modus operandi to, as I said, need help, 
be desperate enough to go get help and then to look around the situation I was in and find all the boxes I needed to check off in order to be accepted or in order to be liked or, or please other people um, and call that recovery. So in my experience with my compulsive eating, I've been bulimic. I spent several years um, in a really dark time in my life as a bulimic. I, I inevitably went and sought um, psychological help for that and joined a group, um, a therapy group. And I did get help for that. Um, then I got stable and then I thought, okay, I can, I think I can handle this on my own now. And while I didn't return to bulimia, I became a restrictor and I became, um, you know, somebody who just grabbed onto the next health fad or the next exercise regime and, and went off with the same behaviors um, that just had a different name. You know, they had, a, they had a different look to them, but the inside work um, began to fall apart or the outside work, I should say, began to fall apart. And then I would do that again. I would find some other group or some other something um, to grab a hold of. And it was, uh, I, you know, I didn't, as I said, I didn't know any different, um, but I've spent, you know, the 25 years of my adult life gaining and losing 30 pounds and feeling ashamed and feeling uh, hopeless, really feeling as if, you know, I had no ability to control myself. Um, and then enter the 12 steps, you know, and the big secret of the 12 steps is that it's an inside job. This is what I've come to understand that while I kept looking out there and out there and out there for the cure or for the thing that was finally going to help me um, feel normal, you know, looking normal is a really big, big, important thing in program. And we want it to be an outside. Here's what I've accomplished. But really, for me personally, it's the inside job that had to happen. It was the, the ability to sit with myself and accept myself and tell the truth about myself. And as I said before, as I heard you all telling the truth about yourself, it gave me permission to tell the truth about myself too. Never would I have thought I would sit here and say that I was bulimic, that I used to steal food from the grocery store I worked at late at night, you know, when I was the last one in the store and then eat it all the way home and throw up, or that I would you know, obsess for hours and hours on the next plan, whatever it was. My girlfriend and I have a joke where at one time supplements were so big that we found this company that sold them in gold foil packets. And if we just went in and pooled our money and bought, you know, a huge supply of these gold foil packets, you know, within six weeks, we were going to be, we were going to be okay. We were going to be perfect. We were going to be thin. Uh, you know, it, it was another um, outside effort to, to attend to the inside job. So honesty was super important in program self-acceptance first, being able to say, okay, you guys are, you guys are admitting your faults one to another. You guys are recovering um, imperfectly, perfectly, didn't really matter. You were recovering. And I remember the first time I heard somebody said, well, I just know that after all these years, I'm a lifer that this, if I walk this walk for the rest of my life, I will consider that to be recovery. And that person quickly became my sponsor. I was, as I said, in program for a year online. And my sponsor in my other program, once I finished the steps and traditions, I told her that I was in OA and that I really wanted to work the steps there. And she encouraged me to get an in-person sponsor. 
So that led me to meetings in a local uh, hometown, you know, a bigger in Santa Rosa, where I found my sponsor and we, we uh, began the steps. It'll be two years, um, January, that I started working the steps in OA. Um, I became balanced with food, which I have to give that term credit um, to another wonderful woman that I met in program. And she says she is in balance with food. And one of my terms was, I just want peace with my food. And I can remember early on in program standing in my kitchen one morning, you know, after listening to these meetings for almost a year and saying, okay, what am I going to be today? Am I going to be vegan? Am I going to be keto? Am I going to be paleo? What am I going to do? God, what am I supposed to do today? Uh, because somehow it was going to set in motion the rest of my life. And I just prayed, you know, I prayed the serenity prayer. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I can't change and the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And I said, God, please help me decide what to do in this very moment. And the simple answer was eat one nutritious meal right now. Find something nutritious that will sustain you. And then let's talk at lunch, basically, was what I heard. And so I started the 301 program, three meals a day, with nothing in between one day at a time. That, that felt peaceful to me. That felt balanced to me. I didn't have to figure out my macros or you know anything like that. And that really, really worked. That worked for me for almost a year. And it still does work in a sense. But I think what, what I've come to so far in program is that honesty is my bottom line abstinence. If I can write down my food, if I can be honest about what I'm eating, I'm, I've, I've learned that you know, I'm a very sneaky person and that part of my disease is sneaking and lying and making deals with myself and hiding um, as if I'm getting away with something. And, you know, if I want to believe that my God is with me all the time, uh, there's nothing really to hide from, is there? And if I, if I want to believe that God accepts me exactly as I am, then there's five more minutes. Thanks, Jenny. Uh, then there's nothing really for me to hide from. And so that's, scary. It still feels scary to say that, but that's the truth of it is that, okay, it is even when I maybe step outside of what I consider to be my healthy boundaries. I have my, you know, we talk about the circle, the, the food corral, the red, yellow, and green light foods. For me, it's a pasture and I have a beautiful green pasture that I live in. That's full of healthy foods and healthy behaviors. Um, and if I step over the fence from my pasture, I'm not as safe as if I stay within my pasture. So I try to think of it in, in a positive light, as opposed to these are bad and these are good. I know that this is what's going to keep me on the path. And, um, you know, do I, do I go over sometimes? Yes. And again, I want to share from page. This is my favorite. Those of you who know me have heard it before. Uh, this is my favorite page and my favorite line in R12 and 12. It's on page 21. And it says, do we ever achieve a permanent freedom from food obsession? Yes and no. OA long timers do have a miraculous freedom most days, but occasionally for some, the obsession returns. How do we get through these times without returning to compulsive eating? We don't panic. We don't panic. Instead, we quietly reaffirm our personal guidelines and ask our higher power to help us continue living within them. Then we turn away from the food and eating to focus our attention on our OA fellowship. So for me, the other secret is that I don't panic. That as I 
this last month I tried something new and I gained five pounds. What's the most important thing for me to do? Say that out loud as often as I can. Come back to what I know. What are my personal guidelines when it comes to my eating plan and where my piece is? Don't panic. Come back to what works and continue moving on and seeing how I can share the program. And that brings me my piece. And that helps me know that if I just stay here, you know, if I just stay here, I'm going to hear something beautiful from one of you that's going to say, oh, yeah, that's right. I don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater or I'm not a failure because something didn't work that I tried or something I got. I got information that showed me that this is, you know, my original plan is the plan that works for me. So, again, being honest is is a very important thing for me. And um, and keep coming back, you know, staying here and knowing that recovery happens in today. And that it's a it's a moving process. Again, as my sponsor says, she's on a pilgrimage. And I love that. I want to be on a pilgrimage of recovery where I just continue to learn and grow and um, and share, you know, and make connections with with all of you. So thank you for letting me share. And with that, I'll pass.